Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Welcome to WellMed Radio. We're delighted to have you with us. I'm one of your hosts, a co-host, Ron Aaron Eisenberg, and our co-host, who is the other co-host, is Dr. Marisa Charles. Dr. Charles is a doctor of osteopathy, and you find her at a WellMed clinic in San Antonio, Texas, depending on where you live. If you're in town here, you can find her at the Ingram Mall Clinic. And uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Charles, it's great to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Ron. How are you? No, I say see you because our listeners don't see you, but uh, we do this show on Zoom so that we can see each other, react off each other, and uh, get a chance to have a more personal conversation. I'm doing well. And one of the topics that we're going to be talking with our special guest with uh, is breast cancer. And I know that uh, among your patients, you probably have some who are survivors. That's right. You know, we recommend the breast cancer screening because if caught early, it's very treatable, but we do have several patients, you know, within my practice that are either struggling with breast cancer and the treatment now or are recovering or are survivors. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to welcome our special guest, Dr. Cheryl Winchell, also a doctor of osteopathy. You find her at the WellMed Clinic at Sebastian in Sebastian, Florida, up near uh, what we used to call Cape Canaveral. She earned her medical degree from Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, completed her residency in family medicine at Palmetto General Hospital at Nova Southeastern University in Hialeah, Florida. Dr. Winchell is board certified in family medicine, born in Flint, Michigan. And we'll tell you why that's important in just a couple of moments. So, Dr. Winchell, thanks for joining us on WellMed Radio. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much. It's really great to be here. I appreciate you guys having me. I grew up in Ohio. You grew up in the great state of Michigan, got to Florida as quickly as you could. Uh, But one of the things that you mentioned to me when we met off air uh, is the impact of environment on breast cancer. And you are a breast cancer survivor. I am. I actually was diagnosed at 27. I had just gotten my chief resident position and definitely did not want to give that up. Um, And with medical training, when you get into your path of career, you know, when you're still in school and then join your residency program, if you miss a certain amount of time, you then would have the possibility of losing that path, that track. So you could potentially lose a year. So it was very important for me to do everything I could to keep my chief resident position, stay on track for finishing at the end of that year. Here I was diagnosed in the end of June and the path, you know, that first, that year kind of would go from July to June. So it was an extraordinary experience to go through. I had a ton of support. I didn't share a ton because, you know, can talk about that a little bit, you know, as far as how people are comfortable with the diagnosis and, you know, who do you share with and how. Um, but yeah, when it comes to exposure, being born in Flint, you know, no one has ever done studies on me to that extent. Although I did have an experience where I grew up in Plantation, Florida, which is a suburb of Fort Lauderdale. And Almost every single person on the street where I grew up had either a cancer diagnosis or a baby born with a birth defect. So that was conversation with one of the family members, um, a very good friend across the street actually was diagnosed with tongue cancer a year before me, very young guy. I think he was, you know, 29 at diagnosis and died within three years. So 
yeah, you don't know. I mean, and that's it. It's as healthy as you can stay, the better you would then potentially, you know, withstand the treatment um, and hopefully do better, which thankfully I did quite well. Now with uh, you mentioning Flint, when you mentioned that to me off the air, I immediately Mm -hmm. said, well, you got enough lead in that water. Good thing you got to Florida. And I guess the question is, could that uh, impact uh, have led to breast cancer? Right. I talked to my parents about it. My my parents were very involved with Flint and um, knew a lot of people. And really, it seems like the exposure wouldn't have been um, active for me. You don't know, of course, right? Um, but yes, could that have possibly been part of it? And, you know, I've talked to a lot of different doctors who have different opinions and, you know, everybody's cells are spinning at different speeds. And what what was my risk? You know, I grew up on the back of a county park that was a tree research property. So of course, fertilizer and chemicals and all these things. And then they tore it apart and made a county park out of it. And we spent a lot of time in there, you know, before, during and after. So was there something exposure that way, the groundwater, you know, why me and not somebody else in my household, you know, other people on the street. So yeah, it's really, you know, stress did that play, you know, something in it was my nutrition for at that time. So a lot that we, you know, pay attention to before, during and after. Marisa, you look like you have a question. Yeah. Um, Do you think that you could walk us through how it came about that you got the diagnosis and what you felt and what you experienced through that journey? Sure. I I do like to talk about that more than other things because I was a young person and I had a lot of pain, actually. And, you know, I wasn't very large at that time and I'm still not. um, But I had felt a mass. I went to a doctor and they said, well, you probably pulled a muscle and, you know, breast cancer is generally not pain. And, you know, it's that kind of general and that, you know, usually not and all of those things. And so I, I went for some time without any further studies being, you know, quite busy at that point of my life and my residency. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually went for a ultrasound. The ultrasound actually showed what you could look at the definition of a fibroadenoma. Uh, to what the description was on my ultrasound. And really it was, so it's a benign breast lesion that is very classic on description. And so I went to see a surgeon because I was having so much pain. And he said, well, you know, because it's disruptive to you and it was taking up a large amount of my breast, you know, we should just remove it. So they did. And that was back in 19, good gracious. Was I that old, right? 1997. Um, and so when they removed it, they didn't do the sentinel node, which was just coming out at that time. And so the, the bad part about that was they closed me up, you know, put me out into the, um, recovery where all of the other people in training were oogling and ogling over me and probably starting and restarting IVs on my, you know, compadres there. And so sent me home. And then I got the diagnosis with the pathologies several days later and, had to then go back and I chose to do a mastectomy. I did not want radiation. I ended up having chemotherapy for quite a long time, but they had to take all of my lymph nodes. So I still have a lot of problem related to that. So that is something that I do like to share the pain issue. I had pain, um, you know, the disfigurement, which, you know, sometimes is common, sometimes not depending. And then the fact that there are so many things that we can do now compared to years before that make the experience perhaps not as painful or um, things that we can do very early um, to make you understand and what your treatment would potentially be. 
Uh, hold that thought. I'm going to come right back to you. But for folks who may have just joined us, I'd like you to know that you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. And we're talking with Dr. Cheryl Winchell. She's at the WellMed Clinic in Sebastian, Florida. We're talking about surviving breast cancer. And she is indeed, as you heard, a breast cancer survivor. Well, you've described how uh, the pathology turned up cancer. They give you a call. Uh, and I guess the first question would be, was that a shock to you? I guess a cancer diagnosis would be a shock to anybody. But as a medical doctor, you've been through medical school in your residency. Did you suspect? I had no suspicion suspicion at all. I felt like it was a pulled muscle or something, fibroadenoma, this very benign type of tumor lesion that can occur, you know, in young women or, you know, any age really. And so having had that diagnosis after my surgery, they, you know, decided to take the cancer out. Uh, I'm sorry, what they thought initially was a benign lesion, um, having surgery and went into the recovery room, they closed me up. And then after I went home a few days later, went back to work and did get a call that the pathology was abnormal and needed to then um, get involved with further treatment. The issue for me that occurred with the way my original surgery was, is that they did close me up without checking what's called a sentinel node, which some people would be aware of, some would not, but you can try to determine if there's spread prior to closing the patient with initial diagnosis. And at that time, that was not an option for me. It was a new kind of you know technology and, and a new type of um, treatment that we were offering at that time, way back when. Um, and now is something that we try to do initially upon diagnosis. So I did have to have, you know, more surgery that created more of an impact on my healing and my, you know, continued existence, but have done quite well since that time. Now, did you opt for just the one mastectomy or double mastectomy? I did opt for just one mastectomy. I wanted to attempt to get pregnant. Like I said, I was only 27. And so that was, you know, something that I was considering at the time. And the surgeon that I was working with encouraged me to do just the one breast. And so that worked out well. And I've been monitoring, you know, both of my breasts since that time. Um, in the long run, though, I did end up having chemotherapy for many months after that. And most likely the result of that, um, I was not able to have children, but trying to take, you know, blessings out of every situation. I with my husband adopted, we adopted two children and have been very blessed to have been able to meet them and know them and raise them. And that experience um, for me was not necessarily worth it, but definitely worth the, um, what I had to go through prior to that, just to meet them well, adoption, and have them in our lives. Adoption's cool. My wife and I have uh, uh, three adopted children. They're all siblings. I have twins who are eight, two boys and a girl who's 10. Uh, and so we're believers in adoption. Yes. As you look at the follow-up treatment, as you said, you were concerned because here you are, in residency, uh, you're going through chemo, which is pretty tough anyhow. Uh, how did you weather all that? How did you deal with that? When I think back to it, you know, not as frequently now as I used to, I think probably I didn't do a great job of asking for help or taking the time that I really needed. But um, as I was describing earlier, I didn't want to lose my path. And for me, the diagnosis became a part of my existence, not my existence. And so it was really, really important for me to stay focused on living. And this is what my goals were. And this is where I was going every day. I was going to work every day. I was becoming a doctor. I was helping people. I was 
you know, meeting the expectations that I had and breast cancer was something that went along with me. Um, I did have really bad days and I had some really wonderful people that were very supportive. A few found out because I wasn't feeling good. And so it kind of was, well, why is your hemoglobin seven when I passed out in the hospital one day, sadly? Um, and I, you know, kind of, okay, everybody stop. I'm okay. Like really, <laughs> there's a reason for this. Um, so, you know, a couple people found out in ways that maybe I could have shared differently, but um, right. everybody does it a different way. And I think I ended doing very, very well, clearly. I've, I've been doing well and it's been over 20 years. And I did, you know, have reconstruction at that time and didn't have any other reconstruction until just recently. And I would strongly encourage paying attention to the surgeons when it comes to reconstruction, because that was something that I for sure um, created more problems for myself um, than not by not paying well, attention us, to the recommendations. Walk us through that in a minute. We're going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. And we're talking from Sebastian, Florida, with Dr. Cheryl Winchell, talking about her experience as a guidepost and lesson for others in surviving breast cancer. You're listening to WellMed Radio. Here's an offer caregivers can't refuse. How about a little hope, humor, and peace in caregiving? I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zernia, what do you think? Well, our 2021 Virtual Caregiver Summit will feature Loretta Woodward-Vini and Donna Cardillo, who are going to help us find the joy in caregiving. November 4th, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's free. You can be part of the action for the Caregiver Summit with Ron Aaron and Carol Zernia. Join us to register. Go to caregiversos.org. CEUs for healthcare folks. This is an incredible story, and we're delighted you're with us today on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. Dr. Charles, a doctor of osteopathy with WellMed in San Antonio, Texas. And we're talking from Sebastian, Florida, with our guest, Dr. Cheryl Winchell, also a doctor of osteopathy. And she's at the WellMed Clinic in Sebastian. We're talking about her personal story of breast cancer, diagnosis, survival, and the challenges she faced. And you were talking, Dr. Winchell, about reconstructive surgery. And uh, you said you, you, you waited and you caused yourself some problems. What did you mean by that? Well, so I had the, the mastectomy right away and I actually had reconstruction right away as well. So they put what's called expanders in um, on my mastectomy side and kind of had to rebuild me on the other side because I'm and, you know, small petite person that didn't have anything they could rebuild to that size. So, <laughs> you know, once again, what are the benefits of of, you know, certain experiences. Um, but then, you know, I'm a very active person. I know the first time I had a very significant injury to my chest wall was a snowmobiling experience that I grinned and bared it and probably had some tissue that tore and, and then another experience on a wave surfer several years later. And so with all those things that happened, I had a lot of discomfort because I wasn't, you know, doing the recommendation of potentially even a 10-year rebuild, I guess. I don't know better term to use to describe that um, right. on reconstruction. I ended up waiting 21 years, I think. Um, but yeah, if you have the opportunity and feel up to or need, you know, reconstruction prior to what you think or at the recommendation of the surgeons, 
it's something that I, I do kind of look back and think I should have done better with that. They should have wrapped you in bubble wrap. <laughs> well, no, actually my surgeon, who was quite amazing, said to me, if I didn't have high impact implants, I would have put nothing back in you. <laughs> so <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And, and as you think about uh, you going through that, uh, you were married at the time. How did your husband deal with all this? Yeah, it's something that you go through as a team and support each other. And I think, you know, there were good and bad days and, you know, days that he was very concerned about me and other days that he thought, wow, she's doing really well and let's not talk about it. Um, you know, I think too, it's personalities. And I, I think everyone knew that this was not going to be something that got in my way, but it was something that I absolutely would address. Beyond that, I mean, I, I think what's most important is, you know, with the diagnosis, you can have pain, you can feel these things, you can be very young, you know, exposure doesn't necessarily mean anything. I didn't smoke, you know, yeah, of course, I drink alcohol socially and all that. Um, you know, obesity is one really significant risk factor for breast cancer. And I was by no means obese at, you know, at that time or any time in my existence, my parents gave me very good nutrition. You know, I, I grew up in a middle upper middle class household with good nutrition you know the concerns about the exposure is potentially something to think about but it could be anyone at any time and that's where the screening like we were talking about at the beginning of the show is so very important and then beyond that just staying as healthy as you can so that if you do have a diagnosis of anything that you can you know heal to the best you know intention you know you're the bumper sticker i ate right i didn't smoke and i got breast yeah. cancer anyhow yes definitely now, so when you say far, screening, and, go ahead, Marissa. Yeah, yeah, I was going to talk a little bit about screening and, and the recommendations that we have for our patients. And so somebody, you know, who is in the, the age range or maybe a little beyond or, or before, but, you know, as far as recommendations that you give for breast cancer screening to your patients, you know, where do you typically start? When do you end? For me, I, well, at that situation, I had an ultrasound, you know, and that was because I had an atypical, you know, situation. Um, for me, I actually recommend definitely having a mammogram by 40. Family history for sure can take into that, you know, take that into consideration as well. Um, but absolutely by 40. And then I am one that still recommends yearly if the patient is willing and able. You know, a lot of people now because of the changes in the recommendations do choose to go every other year. But I continue, you know, self-surveillance is something that I also recommend. That was my experience. That self-surveillance right now is not really a standard recommendation, but why would we not do it other than overdoing it, right? Paying attention right. to something that you could hinder yourself by, you know, manipulating it or squeezing it, causing pain and things like that. So, uh, yeah, my recommendations are 40 and up um, yearly if you're willing. Absolutely. And so then when you have a patient that comes in and has the diagnosis or is getting a new diagnosis for breast cancer, what are some key things that you recommend for them to try to help them through the experience considering, you know, how much experience you have with it? Yeah. So the population of patients that I take care of is a bit older. I do have many over the years that have been, you know, even let's say 65 and up that have gone for reconstruction. And I think that, you know, it's amazing, especially for women who are very, very active. I know I was, and that was a goal for me. But I have a lot of women who are very active as well, who've chose to do a double mastectomy and have no reconstruction at all, and not even wear prosthetics. Um, I will say I went to my class, my high school reunion was shortly after my diagnosis. I had a prosthetic 
on the one side and I had an implant on the other side and I won least change of my high school class, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, the experiences that you can have now with reconstruction, with treatment, with prosthetics, you know, it's just really depends. And it's really knowing that there are so many options available to everyone and then health and diet, nutrition, you know, stress management. I, I was, I learned meditation during that experience because I was having a really hard time sleeping. Um, the chemotherapy was very disruptive. Um, so meditation has been a humongous asset to me. I've gotten away from it a couple of times and have always gone back. Um, so it's really just, you know, really focusing on your health as much as you possibly can and getting the support. Like you were referencing, I had, you know, very good friends that I was close with my family members, of course, and a few that I worked with on a very close basis within the hospital program that I really relied upon. Um, probably not as much as I should have, but that was very beneficial for me. Hey, you I mean, said that you hesitated, you hesitated to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Well, I did. I think that's still not one of my problems in life, right? I mean, as doctors, <laughs> I think uh, we try to do everything that we possibly can um, ourselves maybe, but yeah, always reaching out. And that's where I give my patients, anyone who's, you know, really diagnosed with anything or needs support. We have WellMed in itself. I mean, to kind of give a little plug for WellMed, we have two nurses that work with us. If they can't reach out to me directly, we have them call our nurses for a new diagnosis of diabetes or, you know, heart condition, heart failure, but cancer of any kind, of course, please call anytime. Please ask. Experiences with chemotherapy are different for probably every single person, but having that awareness and then tamoxifen. I mean, I took that for five years and my goodness, I don't know, that might've been part of the, once I went off tamoxifen for me, it, you know, wow, I feel different and potentially better. A lot of women do really, really well and have no sa- sa- abnormal side effects from taking those types of medications. So different experiences and just, you know, getting support from each other. You've been so open in our conversation. So I'm assuming you share your experience with your patients as well. I do very readily. I think a lot of people um, are appreciative. I have some that are, you know, very surprised and then start asking me questions. And I'm like, no, 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 we're here for you. I just want you to know that, you know, you can do this. And, you know, I've done well all of these years. You know, of course, we have patients that are diagnosed much later. And that's for sure more concerning. But just knowing that there's someone else out there that you can reach out to you know, of any type of cancer, any type of diagnosis, any type of chronic condition um, that we're willing to support and be there for each other. I know when you said you were, what, 27 when you were diagnosed with breast cancer, I saw Dr. Charles kind of wince. uh, And I guess that is really young for breast cancer diagnosis, but it obviously happens. Absolutely. Yes. And that's where self-surveillance, I mean, when we're young, we don't pay attention to ourselves as much as we should. I know I'm bothering my son because I saw him put a McDonald's bag in the garbage can at home and I caught it. And I was like, what are you doing? You know, sorry, McDonald's. I love you for some things, but you know, it's, it's, I want you to eat healthy food. Not that McDonald's is not, it's just, how do we take care of ourselves from beginning to end so that we can potentially prevent, you know, things that might happen that are detriment to our health and life. Got about two minutes left. And for those who, who are listening, who, today, tomorrow, next week, may get a breast cancer diagnosis. What's your advice to them based on your experience as well as being a doctor? Take a deep breath. I was actually handed the results of my pathology while I was at work. And the doctor I was working with, my attending, 
gave it to me and said, you need to go home right now. And I was like, well, why? what am I going to do at home? So I went home and I took several deep breaths and just regrouped and, you know, went through the process. I was a bit more educated, obviously, on the plan that I needed to step into. Um, but yeah, taking that deep breath and just focusing on doing the best you can for yourself and asking for help. And from your own experience, what did you learn about you? That I need to learn how to ask for help. No, <laughs> um, I think it's just, yeah, I mean, stubbornness is not always the best way to be. And um, yeah, paying attention to my body, you know, being a doctor is a tough job. And, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, I go home and exercise and I'm thinking, why am I doing this right now? Because I feel that that helps me. But there's days that I know I should take a break and relax and, you know, maybe do yoga versus run 10 miles. And so really paying attention to to who I am and what's best for me. Dr. Charles, you get the last word. Well, I, you know, I think that that's an amazing story and I'm so happy that you shared with us and, you know, for our patients and our, you know, listeners who maybe have experienced something similar or who are currently going through something where they are feeling abnormalities in their breast to just please let us know so that we can, you know, do the appropriate tests and get them started so that um, a diagnosis like this doesn't go unchecked. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Winchell. It was great having you on, and I'm impressed with your energy, your enthusiasm, and thanks for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. And yes, anything Dr. I can do to help. <laughs> Dr. Cheryl Winchell, you can find her at the Wellman Clinic in Sebastian. For Dr. Marisa Charles, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us right here on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.